Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance and Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Normally, Scott Ackerman hasn't seen. But today, he saw. And so did Sean Diston. As we continue our unspooled crossover summer, as we join forces with Scott Hasn't Seen for... Unspooled's Top 3. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Unspooled Top Top 3. That was perfect. We should be releasing an album anytime soon here. I think (laughs) we're getting better and better at that. Uh, So, Amy, Crossover Summer continues after our amazing video archives episode. Uh, I've called it amazing. Just no one's calling it amazing. I'm calling it amazing. By the way, I will say that we did make some traction there as uh, like somebody picked up Quentin Tarantino refuses to see this movie. Click here. We were a little bit of clickbait. I was very excited. And I, I imagine most people. Can you imagine people, if every time you breathed, it became clickbait? Oh, my God. Uh, I'd well, lose my mind. It's so funny because I think anyone who clicked on that would be severely disappointed. Like, oh, he refuses to th- see the third Richard Lester musketeer movie. I didn't even know there were two other ones. Like, it, It's a real <laughs> letdown of a clickbait article. No, it's wild. Related tangentially, you know, like um, I just wrote a cover profile of Michelle Yeoh for Town and Country magazine. Yes. Book, Michelle Yeoh. And I quoted him and her in that piece. Cause, do you know the story between him and Michelle Yeoh? I, well, this article, you're right. Like this thing got so much traction. I didn't even know it was from you until I did some back uh, dating and realized, oh my God, you breaked. I was like, oh my God, you broke a giant internet story. It didn't even feel that giant. It's just the internet is obsessed with with all exhalations related to the mind of Quentin Tarantino. But yeah, um, yet they have such an amazing, wonderful backstory where she actually like 
as I was talking to her, like credits him with the reason why she returned to acting. She, she quit acting twice. And the second time she returned, you know, she was really laid up and injured from a stunt that went wrong. And in an end, he was in Hong Kong for Pulp Fiction. It was that era. He comes to her and the way he talked about the amazing work she did in movies like Police Story, which we rhapsodized about here, Supercop, uh, inspired her to go back to it. And as I was talking to her about it, it's been like 20 years later, she missed it up into tears. It was really moving. I hope we can all be so positive in the lives of others by telling them how much we admire them while they're alive. Yes. Tell people you like their shit. We don't have to be too cool to tell people that you are a fan. Unless you're really aggressive, then don't, then, <laughs> don't, then don't do it. Don't do it at all. That's um, well, I mean, I'm, I'm embarrassed to tell to tell the boys that I bought their video archives t-shirt. But I did. Oh, but I was going to buy it too. It's a good looking shirt. It's a good looking shirt. You know, um, and I got to tell you, you know, as far as new looks are concerned, uh, you know what's looking really good to me is this new Lakers team with Pat Beverly on it. Congratulations, Amy. Welcome to Pat Bev Nation. Now that's now that's a, a jersey that you need to be getting. <laughs> Talking about a, a shirt, get a jersey. I'll let you even borrow my Pat Bev hoodie. You're going to be uh, in for you know, a world of excitement. I will borrow your hoodie. I, I will give hoodie, it to you. Does your hoodie smell good? Do you wear like a good cologne? I don't wear any cologne. Do you know people who yeah. wear cologne? Yeah. You I do not wear what? cologne. You don't wear cologne? I don't know anyone who wears cologne. Really? Yeah. Huh. Who are you hanging yeah. out with that's wearing cologne? Uh, my, my, my boyfriend and me. Adam? We like to smell good. Yeah, I love that. Like but by the, the way, way but good. I got to tell you, I've, I've seen Adam multiple times. I never smell cologne on him. So maybe it's a good, maybe it's a good, <laughs> maybe it's a good cologne. I don't know. I, I got, yeah, well, there you go. I'm not, I am cologne-less. I shower. I use uh, a nice smelling, I have nice smelling things. Yeah. What's yeah. your scent profile? You're like musky, coconut. Old Spice. What's Old Spice? Oh yeah. Old Spice. That's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's no, like I a don't... Neutrogena rain bath soap. Ooh, that's, that's I mean, honestly, that's where I'm at. I live in that world. I, there was a soap oh that I loved, the Lever 2000 soap before they sold <gasps> to some other company and it kind of messed up the branding or whatever. It was a great smell. We are off topic, but I have some old school men's colognes that I should share with you because part of my obsession is I go around the internet looking for reviews of old colognes that smell like Old Spice or or really technically smell like Neutrogena Rain Bath. So I've got a couple of wrecks. There's a female one called Ambush. I think you'll love it. Ooh, Ambush. All right. Well, I'm very excited. to. If I get into the world of cologne, it will be because of you. And then (laughs) years later when I'm being interviewed, I'll get misty because I'll say, oh, Amy gave me my first bottle of cologne. Um... (laughs) But all of that is not important because what really is at stake here is that we're continuing our crossover summer. We have visited other people's podcasts. They have visited our podcasts. And this is part two or part one, however you want to view it, of a crossover. We crossed over with Scott Hasn't Seen, which is Scott Ackerman's show on Comedy Bang Bang World, where uh, he watches a movie for the first time. His co-host on that is Sean Diston, who plays a character called Sprague the Whisperer. I can't get into all of it. It's highly enjoyable, but it is an insanely, it's an insane premise and it's a great character and you should listen to it. But you can listen to Amy and I on that show. We watched uh, Romy Michelle's High School Reunion. We did. We did. The list of movies that Scott hasn't seen. Pretty impressive for a guy who's always going to movies. There's a lot of, there's a lot of good things he hasn't seen. It's always exciting. Yeah, we got to look at the master list. We got to choose whether or not we wanted to bring our own movie in or we could pick from the list that he has. It's a it's a complicated process. Um, we talked about Romy Michelle's, which I did not really remember uh, 
that much. And I was really pleasantly surprised by how interesting it was and how well done it was. I, I thought of it as like dumb and dumber. And it's so not that. No, I I keep thinking about that movie too. Honestly, I really, I think above it all, I keep thinking about Mira Sorvino's performance in that movie, which is just amazing, amazing. And I like, I had all these theories about her performance and her character and I went Googling for it thinking surely there are a bunch of like internet essays backing me up on my read and there, there weren't. Yeah. Um, so now I'm just going to keep it to myself and see what I'm right. Exactly. So if you want to hear that, us rhapsodize about Mira Sorvino and more, I mean, uh, you can listen to a very big episode of Scott Hasn't Seen. You can go to Comedy Bang Bang World, which is a Scott Ackerman Comedy Bang Bang Empire. There's amazing shows there. Uh, Andy Daly will do a show. Seth Morris will do a show. People pop up one-offs, interesting things, extensions of the world and characters that have been created at Comedy Bang Bang. And it's a worthwhile price, too. But uh, if you don't want to do any of that, you can stay right here right now and you can listen to Scott and Sean on our show as they bring some of their favorite films. It's not a true top three. I would say this is like a top four. They bro- they both brought two. And, and we're breaking uh, format left and right. We can't be contained. We can't be contained. Just like Pat Beverly on defense. Now, you'll understand that more in a little bit. But for I you appreciate as, your optimism. I'm, I, just, I, I'm aching. I'm aching that we just can't. Build up any of our own players and keep them forever. I will miss. I THT know. THT deeply. was a mistake. Yeah, I was. He's really going to become great, and we're going to be mad. And this is what we do. We trade our good people too soon. Uh, Brandon Ingram. I'm sad. Okay, this but is not a basketball what? podcast. We can. I'm, I'm still we kind could of do a basketball Hello. podcast. But here's the thing. <laughs> right now, let's embrace uh, our guests and their movies. Uh, and I will now throw it to us. Take it away, Paul and Amy. All right, Amy. We have. We have a podcasting duo on the show today. This is well, a, we don't have a podcast together. We oh yeah, I'm sorry, I don't yeah. think we've ever met. This is actually really oh, oh this is actually yeah. very interesting. You're yeah. right. I, I I didn't put this together. <laughs> who um, who are you? My name's Sean Diston. I'm the client oh, of your friend. I've heard about you. Yeah, yeah. Well, for those of you who are listening, this this is uh, Scott Ackerman and uh, Sean Diston, and they they don't work together. No, uh, no. Yeah, I work with his manager. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we yeah. know a lot about each other. No, I've heard about you playing the Joker on the UCB stage, <laughs> yeah. right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, famously played the Joker. Yeah, uh, which version of the Joker? Uh, Heath Ledger's. Actually. He, oh, got, okay. he got so into it that he started thinking like the Joker yeah, in his I off could, hours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I think where my confusion is is that mm-hmm. uh, wait, oh, wait a second, were you responsible for that? wave of crime where everyone was uh, dressed in clown costumes? Well, I was a part of it. Responsible? No, I don't want to be responsible <laughs> for anything. All oh, those okay. Thai restaurants yes. were robbed in that one night in Los Angeles. Well, look, I can't talk about you're it. You're talking the like pod. the Joker right now. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I think I, where I may have been mistaken mm. is I saw you in the hallway yes. uh, when we were recording an episode of Scott's podcast with your manager. Yes, yes. Uh, yes. Scott hasn't seen, and that is a podcast where Scott, you you go and and watch movies kind of like what we do on Unspooled, where we watch great movies. You are f- are you forced to watch movies? Like how does it I'm all? Forced t- at gunpoint. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the thing. Uh, Sean's manager has uh, a huge collection of guns in the Sprague cave. A lot it, of but, old um, revolutionary era guns. Yeah. Sprague the Whisperer is his manager mm-hmm. and a British uh, gentleman. British gentleman that has been on my show Comedy Bang Bang a lot, and mm-hmm. uh, this all started because. Uh, Sprague was on Comedy Bang Bang one time and I casually 
casually mentioned that I knew nothing about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, um, didn't even know their names or, right. or had never seen any of the movies. And uh, Sprague was such a huge fan of them that he decided to give me an education. So we did uh, we did a, a show, uh, 12 episodes of a show, now 13, where we went through every Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie and... Uh, property. Uh, yeah. yeah, property. What and, is your favorite from that? I think Batman meets yes. Ninja Turtles was. The I don't best. know if you guys have seen this, but there's an animated Ninja Turtles and Batman movie that is. Yeah. Whoa! I it has no this. business being good, but, but it's, it's actually good. Yeah, really it's probably good. the best one. Wow. Yeah. Do you have a Ninja Turtle that you identify with now? I couldn't even tell you their names <laughs> at this point. Still, after 13 <laughs> yeah. episodes, wow! I know one of them does memory. machines, yeah. but I, that's all I know. Wow. But would you have a guess which Ninja Turtle has the most uh, erotic fan fiction written about them on the internet? Oh, do you know this? I uh, do know this. Uh, uh, well, whoever is cool but rude, so... Uh, that would be Raphael. That would Raphael? be Raphael. You're correct. Am I correct? Wow, oh, okay. He is the kind of, like, troubled bad boy that everyone's yeah, trying to fix. I makes sense. Fix him. Uh, <laughs> are you a big Ninja Turtles fan? I was massive as a Mass- child. Oh, interesting. Well, you should be on uh, uh, that show that if we show. ever do another one. I collected all of the trading cards one at a time through buying them in packs uh, at, wow. a, at a drugstore down the street from my grandma's Maybe house. Maybe we do a trading card episode. I don't know. Interesting. So we did that show and then um, it got me thinking about some of the other blind spots I have in my filmmaking or film uh, uh, viewing uh, history which uh, a lot of it was because when I was growing up I was really rebelling against anything popular so some of the big ones that I have not seen uh, we did Top Gun on the show. Uh, I still have not seen Pretty Woman. Uh, you know, a lot of these ones where I was just like, fuck that commercial bullshit. And but you also are someone who sees a lot of movies. And when I've yeah. been watching uh, and listening to your podcast, these are big movies that yeah. you have not seen. These are I mean, you because I think of you as somebody who sees commercial movies. Yeah. Well, the, the, I then went through uh, an art house phase where I was just either seeing whatever uh, new art film, you know, like a Richard Linklater film right. or, or, or uh, vacillating between that and watching old Orson Welles films <laughs> okay. or Billy Wilder films. So it was, it was that. And then I went in through a big commercial mo- uh, movie phase in the mid nineties where I was seeing, just went to the theater every single week, seeing multiple movies, whatever would come out. Got it. Cause I had a little more money cause I was working on a TV show. Ooh, yeah, that's <laughs> so, so, um, but so the show is uh, me and Sean's manager uh, watching, these movies that I have cultural blind spots for, and they can be either big, huge successes or things that everyone kind of talks about or... Yeah, sometimes the guests come in with like, okay, you gotta see this because it's important to me. Important to me. That's that's another one. Like, Earth Girls Are Easy, I don't think is a film that a million people talk about, but our episode was really interesting because yeah. Oscar Montoya came on. It's yeah. a very important film to him, and we and it led to a really interesting discussion about what is camp, what, oh, uh, what is straight camp, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and 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 uh, we watched. Yeah. So I, so yeah, that's why there, I think there's a lot of things that I, I, that I feel like ultimately you watch, not because they were like cultural blind spots for everyone, but like in our sort of friend group, it's like, OK, well, all of our friends have seen this movie. So yeah. you've got to go see that. It's but then the there's something like, that you want to make your friends watch everything yes, that you like. Exactly. And yeah. so you have that same like you haven't seen this. You haven't seen that. And it's like and it's uh, so you are the you are the con you are the person that we are forcing to watch. Well, yeah, yes. And I yeah. want to say I think you're very brave. I think oh. the world of cineasts is full of snobs and gatekeepers and the fact that you're willing to say I have not seen Pretty Woman 
Yes. I, I think that takes a certain amount of guts. Well, well this did happens. You see the Broadway musical. <laughs> no, <laughs> I thought about it. Um, this happens every week, though. Is is people get very upset when we say what the movie is that week, and they're like, "I can't believe you haven't seen this movie. Are you even a person?" I but yet I, you are creating an hour of content for them to listen to. Well, over right an there. Hour. Yeah. Well, yeah. Over Usually, I, uh, I will we try say, to hit the number of minutes that the, the movie, movie actually was. was. I will say one other brave thing is that at the end of every episode, you end up saying whether you, you I'm glad glad you saw it. this movie and here's oft, the rule here's yes. the rule by the way the rule is I can't just be glad because now I know what it is right. or I, I have to be like this was look I have fewer days in front of me than I have behind me sure I want to make I want to make them uh, that's you what know. it says on your on your bumper sticker <laughs> in your car yeah also my IMDB page yeah. but uh, in the trivia section <laughs> and then your tombstone is going to say something really interesting which is like I have no more days in front of me <laughs> What is on Jack Lemmon's tombstone? I saw that the other day. It's like um, reboot the Odd Couple. No, it's <laughs> it's like and featuring or something. Oh, like that's, that. that's fun. But um, but you definitely like at the end of every movie, sort of take this stance of like. I could have skipped it, you know, yeah. and there's and a about, lot of, about some beloved movies. Yeah. That, and and I yeah. do think that that's another brave thing to be like, you know what? I watched Sophie's Choice and I don't care. But like I right. think, that one I gave a pass I to, but le- legally pass, blonde yeah. people were very yes, upset about yes. it because I think it, the movie is just kind of trash beyond her performance. And now would you uh, watch Legally Blonde, too? Uh, look, uh, I go into it on the episode. All right, all right. Uh, it is right. neither of them are str- or no, my internet was out that weekend. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, so I had to go on a mad hunt for, uh, legally blonde oh, on wow. video. And I, I finally found, uh, at Amoeba, a dollar, uh, legally blonde and a, uh, no, a $2 legally blonde and a $1 legally blonde too. So I bought both. Wow. <laughs> so Love we, it. we could do set. a legally blonde episode. And there's hopefully a new, uh, third one coming out. Now you can listen to, uh, Scott hasn't seen on comedy. Comedy Bang Bang World, which is, uh, let me talk to you about this thing because yeah. this is an amazing. Like this is a whole. You this is a subscription based service. You can't where even you, describe it. You're it's- getting. You're getting. <laughs> yeah, for a year, you could listen to everything from the archives of Comedy Bang Bang. You can listen to what 600 episodes in there. We're almost at 800 at this point. Well, you can Plus. listen to 600. <laughs> yeah. you can Please listen don't to listen to the first yeah. 200 or 300. Skip those. Skip those. Um, we, we don't need to talk. But about you have them. all these like really fun shows on there. You know, all these yeah. like uh, one-off shows. You've had people, uh, funny people, pop on and do their own shows. Well, yeah, if you like Andy the characters yeah. from Comedy Bang Bang, a lot of them have been doing their. That's what side it's about. Yeah. Like Andy yeah. Daly every week does uh, a Dalton Wilcox show or every third week he'll do a different character that he does yeah. hosting a show. We have CBB Presents, which is characters from, I'm not involved, characters from the show have their own show. Uh, and then- Seth the, Morris did uh, Bob, Bob Duca, Duca yeah, has a show. Jason yeah. Manzoukas is with him on there. Exactly. Uh, yeah, there's um, so many fun things. And Ad Free Freedom in the archives are up there. And then also Scott Hasn't Seen is on Fridays where yeah. we, we, me and Sprague, who's not a character, is a real no, person he's from a real Britain. Person. That he's not a character at all. No, but people do call you a comedy Bill Simmons. How do you like that? <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> not having any connection to Bill Simmons' career, I have, I'll take it. I have no idea. Well, Bill Simmons is a very successful uh, podcasting network uh, that, mm. you know, that I don't even I know. Pr- I prefer yeah. people call me the comedic Conan. Oh, all right. I like mm, mm. <laughs> The comedic well, Conan. Okay. Well, we are, so we came on, uh, Scott hasn't seen, uh, and again, uh, I'm sorry if, the, you know, Sean, you didn't know this, but no. we uh, we watched uh, Romeo and Michelle, yes. and we were able to talk about that movie. But on Unspooled, 
our premise is we're trying to find the best movies that we want to maybe shoot into space, movies that we love. And they don't have to be the best movies, but movies that you really love. And we gave you an interesting assignment to pick three movies that you were late to the party on, films that you didn't see. I think that ties into your yeah. uh, your premise. And films, yeah. you explained it as like films that we missed out on the cultural conversation when they came yeah. out that we then grew to love much later. I've had many a conversation with people who are just watching Lost for the first time. Oh, interesting. Mm. And I, I love that because it is like, there's... How disappointed are they going to be by the end? Yeah, <laughs> by the way, I don't think that they are. I think we've... I, I, really, the li- ride, I really like... The, the ride, ride is, is so fun. The ride is so fun. I've though. been yeah. recently like, thinking about doing a rewatch podcast of Lost because my girlfriend hasn't seen it and I'm mm. like I'm gonna force you to watch it at some point so we might as well do a podcast well, I, I think that I think the thing with Lost is um, and I'm I'm a, I'm I was watching it until the end I'm a fan we, d- the we end. did a viral video about oh, it oh we did yes oh my gosh that was a whole thing but is that when you watch it uh, episode after episode like when you binge it like a, yeah. like a Stranger Things or something like that like there is less of an energy on it. And I think what happened with that yeah. show was the, everyone was trying to figure out mysteries. Everyone was trying to solve it. And then when it wasn't working, it was like what happens with star Wars all the time. People get so obsessed about, I need to break it all down. And then, then when it doesn't, and it's taking so up, long to finish yes. when you can finish it in two weeks or whatever. Yes. And I think you're, I think that, that the disappointment isn't there. I almost think that lost yeah. benefits from absolutely right, right. because watching. I think what happens with lost and star Wars is that you make up what you think the answers are. And right. when they aren't that you're disappointed. Yes. And I, I agree if you can, I, I kind of think watching lost in a binge cause I've re- gone back and rewatched it. And when I binged it, I loved it. I don't know, like a hundred times more Yeah, because I was just on the ride. I could follow, Follow more character arcs. It really just, and then also just understanding that this was like a network TV show. Well, yeah. Also, Lost to me is so great because they paid attention to the characters yes. and the character dynamics, and they made every character interesting. And when you would see a um, a ripoff of it, like Flash Forward or whatever, they would be these stock characters that you didn't care about. But I, I remember. Uh, hearing that that JJ, especially I think at the time, was like really writing the flashbacks and really just like paying so, and that was the most important part to them. They didn't even care about the mysteries all that much. They well, were really that into the to me is like it's it's the midichlorians argument on Star Wars, which is like, do you care about why they're Jedi's or you want to just follow the story? And it's like when yeah. you start to um, like it's like okay, so let me tell you what the island actually is, and you explain it in a complicated scientific way. You're like. Uh, did that I don't give fucking me care. any more? I used to hear people. Like, I used to hear people like back when I was watching it, and there was like the Lost Experience, where yes. there was like a whole off season where people were talking about Lost. I remember people were like, you'd read this like theory on on like line or something, and it was like, okay, so in the multi worlds thing, and there's an explosion, and they'd explain it in such a scientific yeah. way that I was like, you're missing what the show is about. Right. Well, I do. Th- I do think that the internet spoiled what they had planned for the button to be, and when uh, that it was yeah. purgatory. No, no, that it, it 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 was a time machine that was resetting. Uh, that basically they had to keep pressing the button and it would flash. So time was moving differently on the island mm-hmm. where uh, it kept resetting and time outside the islands kept moving on. And it saw, like, I, I remember reading a website that broke everything down and it explained every single mystery on the show so well that, that I, like, this has to be that I was like, Oh, this has to be it. But I feel like that was the solution see, and they changed it because of, I because see, of I would, if I am, if I am the, I mean, this is still not the premise of this show, but if I was a, <laughs> if I was the writer of loss, I would be like, 
I would say, fuck it if the internet figured it out. Because that's, that, how I that's feel. like five percent of my that's audience yeah. is that. That's how and, I feel. And it's, it's the like, same thing cares? happened on figured it out. Brian Michael Bendis when he uh, wrote New Avengers, he wrote Daredevil. Okay, the Ronin character that yeah. if you watch Hawkeye, yeah. uh, he dresses up as. Th- that w- he was a member of the New Avengers, and everyone was like, "Who is it? Who is it?" And everyone's like, "It's obviously Daredevil." Right, right. Um, and he changed it because of that, and it became Echo, which you could say, "Okay, well, that's cool that he created it, uh, or he didn't create Echo. Uh, David Mack did, but it just made it worse." It's just you weird. Know? It's like, well, it's like, yeah, yeah, it's like who people cares? Are fans what? like you left yeah. them breadcrumbs, and they figured it out. Like yeah. you can't be mad at it and then change it. Well, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, anyway I mean, let's talk about movies. Having, <laughs> what do you want to say though? Like having never seen an episode of Lost. There is something in Lost that whenever I think about it, it reminds me of Scientology. But there's like this giant mystery and then... As Some an outsider, somebody's like Xenu and a space alien. And then you're like, well, then I have no interest in actually going in and watching the whole show. Mm-hmm. But now hearing where your conversation went, do you think Scientology changed the Xenu strategy once people knew about Xenu? <laughs> uh, yeah. like well, yeah. no, I think I think when they when they uncovered now. when when like uh, clambake.net was out and like I think people were uh, listing the secrets, I think they did ways to manipulate. Well, actually, mm-hmm. w- that is a part of it. And uh, you know, it's like they started to kind of create different ways to to hide it. Yeah. To your yeah, point yeah. though, Amy, I think it would it's not that far-fetched if a religion sprung out of Lost, especially at the time when it was out, you know, because it's like Scientology is essentially these weird, you know, space alien books. So. Well, yeah, and I also I, I also think just talking about all of this and why catching up on movies that you haven't watched in a while, part of me feels like there is an anger towards the cultural embrace of something. For me, I didn't watch The Sopranos for a long time because I was like, yeah. Every yeah, oh, the totally. Sopranos. Like you know, it's like, and you you could like, it really be that good? Yeah. yeah, and you get into this zone of like, I don't even want to follow the crowd, and it's not all the time, yeah, but it's yeah. like, and so I do think that that is. I'm curious about your list because it's like there is this energy. I think that sometimes culturally. It's almost like fuck you. I don't. I don't want well, it. Well, t- I don't even want to. Tiger be King it. was that way for me. Where like I feel like I missed the four days that, that right. where everyone was talking about it and going, "What about this? What about this?" And 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 at that point, I was like, "Fuck Tiger King." Yeah, right. Like, yeah. And then you, you know, see the SNL sketch about it, and you're like, "Okay, I don't need to see." It. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So let's. Uh, Twin Peaks must be like that for some people. Yeah, right? and I think that that's true. So let's go back and forth between you both, and yeah. we'll like we'll start off uh, with uh, with your picks of movies that you were a little bit late to the party on. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I guess I could start. Um, so I have an interesting like childhood. My parents are Jamaican. Mm-hmm. Like they're I'm first generation. Oh, so I saw Adrian Brody do an interesting sketch about he that. He did on SNL when he great. introduced <laughs> the musical guest. Do and you ever say, do you ever say to your parents you're, you're making me crazy? I say it all the time, <laughs> and I also have to say both that and Chet Hanks. Like people in Jamaica love Chet. They <laughs> like, do. <yeah>. Ah. <laughs> people in Jamaica just love Chet when Hanks? people talk about. Yeah, people just love when they talk about Jamaica. Like. The idea of appropriation is just like, yeah, everyone appropriates reggae music. They're talking about us. No, but it's like reggae music is so appropriated that they're just like, yeah, we don't care. They're talking about Jamaica, whatever. Uh, Do you like runnings? Um, I like it. I, I can't. I think they kind of like it. I think we always criticize the accents, but oh, it's okay. it's like not a it's not something that anyone hates. I I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I bring that up because my childhood was like slightly different. Than, like my cultural touchstones were different from everyone else. Mm-hmm. I don't think I got like 
I played in jazz band in middle school and that's where I learned all the Beatles songs for the first time. Oh, wow. So I learned them playing them. I like played Hey Jude on the trumpet and I didn't know the lyrics at all. And then I'd be like <laughs> in a car with my friend's dad and I'd be like, oh, shit, oh, this is a trumpet song. They just say Hey Jude. I thought it was totally different. Um, <laughs> so like I have a lot of things that I didn't see just because like, you know, my dad or my yeah. mom wasn't like trying to show me. And the main one I would say I didn't see until I was in my 20s was A New Hope. The year is 1977, and a director named George Lucas can't secure the rights to make a Flash Gordon sequel, so instead, he creates his own galaxy, far, far away, and a long, long time ago. The movie is Star Wars. We've devoted an entire episode to it on Unspooled. It is a classic that truly needs no introduction, so I won't. I hadn't wow. seen Star Wars until I was in my 20s. And I think I had seen like some of uh, Return of the Jedi. Okay. But I, I you know, in, tw- in my 20s, I'm living in New York and I'm like, oh, let's let me watch this Star Wars thing that everyone. But you see that now, that wasn't a movie for you where people were like, what? Yeah. Like you didn't get caught in a million. You're a comedy. Was, okay. Yeah. I think it was like, and maybe at the time it had started to, like I was hanging out with more comedy people, more nerdy people in general. And like, and also everyone at UCB is making Star Wars references exactly. on stage. I mean, like, one, uh, one, exactly. of the, one of the things that, uh, that June, my wife uh, always says is like, one of the reasons why she doesn't improvise that much is she's like, I just was doing shows where everyone was just referencing Star Wars. <laughs> I, I don't know what to well, do with this. Well, it's my impression of Natasha Leggero. <laughs> Who is this Batman? <laughs> <laughs> but it, it totally became this, because I, absolutely, I'm doing improv in New York and I'm like, all right, I got to watch all this shit that everyone's referencing all the time. Yeah. So I watched A New Hope and watched the first three and then watched the prequels, which I had not seen. Yeah. I hadn't seen any Star but, Wars movie in theaters. But what going back just watching the first one, like, Put it in. Yeah. What's the in, like the immediate are reaction? You, yeah, are you yeah. enjoying it? My immediate reaction is, wow, this movie's really goofy. <laughs> but I like it. Like okay. I did like it. And I and I ended up watching the first I must have watched the three of them the same weekend. Okay. And I liked the entire experience. But I remember feeling like, man, a new hope is kind of the worst one. <laughs> like right, there's yeah. a lot of weird it's cheap. There's there's yeah, there's a lot of kind of like weird costume stuff and some of the acting felt I mean, a little look bit. Look at Darth filtered. Vader's costume. He's wearing like the biggest, jankiest buttons <laughs> on his chest. Yeah. yeah. His it's like an impression of a computer. It in was hard to see his own buttons with that helmet on. It's like he put it on. Yeah. But it was one of those things where I remember being like, wow, I, I guess if I had seen this as a kid, I would not have seen all these like little right. inconsistent, whatever. Um, but I watched it as, a, as an adult and I was like, okay, this movie's kind of good, but of course, like the, you know, episode five and six are much better. Right. And I remember feeling like, oh, wow, I, I, I knew about the trench run, but I didn't quite know what the fuck it right. was until I watched it. And was I totally blown away by it? Kind of. It's not my favorite Star Wars movie by any yeah. means. But that's I was, why you're Star Wars because we talk about Star yeah, Wars rankings on my the Star Wars Teenage ranking Ninja is Ninja all over the all place. The like, yeah. yeah, my Star Wars <laughs> ranking is all over the place. And the first Star Wars movie I saw in theaters was Force Awakens. Wow. And because of that, I think I have an affinity to the sequel series. I know people don't like those and I don't love Rise of Skywalker, but I love The Last Jedi. Like that is my favorite Last Star Jedi, Wars Last Jedi, I think, is, yeah, we were talking about that. That is my, I think – 
That and Empire are probably my two Empire. favorites. And I see that Jedi and A New Hope for me. I love those two. But oh, wait, yeah. does this mean that you didn't know that Darth Vader was Luke's father? I knew that. I mean, oh. I, I must have known that. Isn't I'm the that famous crazy? quote, yeah. look, I am your father. Look. <laughs> but no, I am your father. But I, I'm curious about that because the idea of like a spoiler being again like a go-to joke like yes. there are yeah. certain things totally yeah. like that are just like it's so like i'll be back like when you yes. see that in terminator it's not a moment it's not a joke yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not a it's, it's, it's everyone really laughs because it's actually a, a funny line but they didn't expect it would be funny yeah it's just, it's, 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 it's just, not funny because it's a joke it's yeah. funny because it's an interesting character thing he does yeah it, they're like i mean like uh, let, let me do an impression yeah i'll be back that's really good but i think i think this you. is a moment though it's both this big cultural joke and it's really impactful in the movie like right. i you know the things that i was surprised by i remember watching the original uh, trilogy was I didn't really realize that Leia was a sister like that oh, wow. was something that I was like oh shit maybe I thought that but seeing it play mm. out and then realizing that he kisses her and then later you know yeah. they, they redcon that thing I, like I, mean, I remember there's a whole section of Pornhub that's devoted to this kind of thing yeah so, you yeah. keep sending you send it to me every I week send you and links. I'm not <laughs> interested um, but it was interesting because I knew a lot about Star Wars in general just from doing yeah. improv scenes but um, yeah, it was really fun to kind of get into. And then since then, I've sort of like really, really loved Star. Like really, I'm reading so you, Star Wars comics. I like yeah. watch so all. Of, wow, I watch that, all of it. See, that's interesting because I feel like you can't. Or I have not seen many people who've come to Star Wars late and still get into it. Like you know, like this idea that you know, as a kid, you could get into it at different ways, but. As an adult, you're coming into it late, and now you're like doing the things that I would do. Which I is, think yeah. that that is kind of the delineation between some of the fandom is that like people who came to it a little bit later didn't have their childhood defined by the original mm. trilogy. Yeah, are so open. the prequels were not a betrayal to. Yeah, no, yeah. not at like all. Like, I thought the prequel. I thought the prequels were like I could see why they were kind of not great, but like yeah. I loved. But also, you didn't have to wait. 20 years, years and then for, go in and be right. like oh wow this was a letdown yeah exactly. i just watched all three of them and i was like shit he turns into vader at the end i guess it's yeah. all worth it i yeah. mean i am curious though if new hope is not your favorite why yes. is it the one that you're putting on this list for us? because i think it is the one that when i talk to real star wars fans it's like understanding the experience of watching a new hope as a child i feel like mm -hmm. you it's a different experience like i watched it as an adult so i'm able to like pick apart the movie elements right. of it but watching it as a kid i couldn't imagine seeing that and not understand like you i mean i saw it as a kid you've yeah. never seen special effects yeah you don't see anything like that. like that it was crazy yeah and and i also think like you know having seen having read Star Wars novels and seen a lot of the like, you know, Rogue One and all the stuff that surrounds A New Hope, the movie kind of has this like legacy that you, you can't deny it. Like there's so many cool things in A New Hope. Like, you know, I recently played the, um, the Lego Star Wars video game. Oh, so great. And it's like a really, it's almost like a phone game where you're just yeah. kind of going through the plots of the movies. And I had a great time in on Tatooine in the New Hope part. And I, it's a movie that, you know, when I think about me getting into Star Wars, I definitely watched that one later than I should have. Like, you know, so I love that. in my 20s watching A New Hope, I was like, is this going to be my obsession for the next 20 years? You know, and, and I really love it. You know, I think that that's great. Like I, I, I also it gives me hope in a way that you can 
that you can f- like fall into something that has been so, like as an adult can be viewed as impenetrable yeah. in a way of like yeah. oh if you didn't see this since the beginning or whatever no you can just watch guys because people really do seem to say like or there's an energy to it like you know but it's interesting my kids have seen the th- the the original three and the prequels and they they might have seen the first one of uh, Force Awakens. Of, of Force Awakens but they love Return of the Jedi. It's like that's oh. their favorite one. And I think that might have been why I like I think when I before I watch A New Hope, I might have seen just the Ewok scenes of yeah. Return of the Jedi. And I was like, I guess I like it. But even then I was like, there's a scene where like they like trick the stormtroopers with like a weird little like we're over here, motherfucker, yeah, like right, thing. Right. And I remember being like, Star it's Wars weird. Is that, goofy. That's the only time anyone curses in those yeah, movies. It's, it's it is like, weird. hey, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> and Sam Jackson's in one of these things. <laughs> yeah. um, so I, say, but, I really enjoy the imagine imagining like you in your 20s with this like new excitement like evangelical brand new love of Star Wars trying to talk to people about it and just coming at it from such a different place and yeah and I'll be honest I feel like I watched the originals watched the prequels and then saw Force Awakens in theaters and I had the experience of like when the opening crawl happened, I started crying. Right. And I was like, I didn't even see these other movies in theaters, but the, uh, the fact that I'm getting to see one in theaters, it just felt, I don't know. So I think a lot of the gatekeeping around star Wars is like, yeah, just let people like enjoy what they enjoy about it. And you know, I love all the animated shows. So you haven't like run into the horrible fans of star Wars. I mean, of course I have, but I I don't, I ignore them. The thing that I read recently that George Lucas said about star Wars that really, like, I appreciate what he said, and I think it's really, I don't know, I'll just tell you, uh, <laughs> which is they're not meant to be watched more than once. Right. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's a fascinating idea wow. from a, a writer-director of this phenomenal you know, well, at, the, at the time movies were not watched more than once yeah that's right. funny to me because like, he's gone back and re-edited I his know. movies right well maybe in a way that's to why do he's it. doing it. he's like yeah, oh shit yeah, people yeah. are gonna watch these again well I, but i do think that there is this element of it where even he was like i don't want you to go that deep like this is supposed to be fun and i yeah. i want to embrace like this energy and like and maybe they'll adapt with the time and they'll they'll meet up with it and i think when you see like so many people people put so much into it. Like we're talking about loss. Like it almost, it almost hurts the product. It's like, there's too much weight on it uh, for it to sustain. Uh, Yeah. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the seventies, 1975 to be exact with semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch. It's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem 
of a detour. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Scott, what about you? What, what, yeah. Well, mine, uh, my first choice is actually the year before this, and mm. kind of a similar movie, but uh, Jaws is what I picked. Jaws from 1975. A cop, a town, a shark. I'm pretty sure you know the deal, and I'm pretty sure you know the director, Steven Spielberg. Wait, you didn't see Jaws. So I didn't see Jaws until probably 1998 eight or so whenever they came out with a, like a special edition okay. DVD of it. And I just gotten a DVD player and jaws was one that it came out, you know, when I was six years old and it felt by the time that I would have been able to watch it or allowed to watch it yeah. by my parents. It just felt like it had been played out uh, already because like, you saw every movie had a Jaws joke, like 16 Candles. I think they used the music as a right, punchline. Yeah. SNL used it, you yeah, know, yeah, Landshark yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And it just felt like, well, if I watch Jaws, I already know everything about it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I just feel like the music, the, what happens in it, there's a shark. I've heard about the making of it. Yeah, I, like, why even bother watching it? Does this mean that you were able to go into the water and not be afraid of sharks? Did you have yes? Like a no, that was the thing. That was the unfortunate yeah. side effect. Is <laughs> I've not been able to even touch water. Wow! Since then. <laughs> now, now that is. So you may be wondering about the stench coming yeah, yeah, out yeah, of yeah, me yeah, and the uh, the the squiggle lines <laughs> that are also coming off of me, like cartoon squiggle lines. No, I I never really had. I mean, but I had seen things like I saw the the woman kicking right. her legs. Like you see, well, that's it. when you, you watch the Oscars, you see moments like yeah. So I just felt like look, I've seen all the impactful scenes of this. Probably I've heard all the they jokes about memes it. too. Like yeah. you like, like that idea, like uh, on Twitter, like that uh, close up of Robert Redford, you know, it's like, it's like, I don't even know what this is from. Yeah. They'd be like, Oh wait, that was actually a movie. That's actually Robert Redford. Like, yeah. it's like, it, you start to lose, con- like these movies are taken so out yeah. of context. I've been to you- universal studios so many times right. in the jaws attraction. Yes, and yes, I was yes. just like, though with this movie, why even bother watching it? Because I know everything about it. So then um, my friend Paul F. Tompkins, it was like, it's his favorite movie of all time, I believe. Right. And he was. I feel like and, it's a lot of people's like favorite. Movie. Yeah. You and he, he kept being the person who'd be like, you haven't seen Jaws. You haven't seen Jaws. And so when it came out on on DVD, finally, I was like, all right, let's just watch Jaws, get it out of the way so I can say I've seen it. And it's so good. Uh, and so much better than just having a, a vague awareness of it that yeah. it, it really has become one of these things that I loved. It. We we went to see it on my birthday at a dri- at a drive-in when COVID hit, uh, and it just is it's so pleasurable and so much more than what everyone talks about. Right, well, were you picturing yeah. it more like an alligator or a piranha or something? No, like I knew it was. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the shark aspect <laughs> that I was confused on, <laughs> but I felt like I just had seen every scene. You know how when you see a trailer and you go, "They showed the whole movie." Mm-hmm. That's how I felt about the movie. The Jaws. movie's a lot more talky than yeah. you would think for our uh, a thriller or like it's like it's a monster yeah. movie, but it's like 
what I think people walk away with or what people really like are like characters like Quint mm-hmm. and um, who is that? No. Uh, uh, <laughs> but like, by the way, I was on my phone the entire time that I watched. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh, See, that is that is gonna be. <laughs> but like, on a landline in the night. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just saying they're depressing the landline, <laughs> trying to but get those something. Char- to like the care. I think it's one of those rare monster movies where the characters fighting the monster are way more interesting yeah. than the monster. Like the monster is a shark. It's not like. Yes, it's a ferocious. Usually, a monster thing. movie, they're they're stock characters, and they're running away, and that's yes. all you really care about. But this they is got quips. Tr- yeah, this is truly a movie about these people because they could barely show the shark. I mean, Bruce, as they call oh, him. Bruce. Never mind. Never you mind. know who's Bruce. Does this mean that you had never seen any of the sequels before this? Okay, so weirdly enough, um, whenever Jaws 3D came out, we tricked. We were, uh, I, I think it must have been 83 because I was staying with my grandparents during the summer and we tricked my grandfather after we went to Carlsbad Caverns for the day. <laughs> right. He was all he was like so tired and we we're still bouncing off the walls. My brother and I like tricked him. He's like, good, just go see a movie. What do you want to see? And we're like, uh, Jaws 3D. Oh. And he's like, yeah, sure. And we would not have been allowed. And I think my parents were upset that he was hilarious. See Jaws 3D. So but that so I saw that one first with Dennis Quaid. And I think it instilled in me a fear of things coming at my eyes because that's right, that right. movie's filled oh. with just like shooting spears right into the camera. We did that so. on how did this get made and watching it without the 3d is really funny <laughs> yeah. because it's the is, same with uh, Friday the 13th. Part yeah, 3D, right. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's, it's shot to be only seen really in one yeah. way. Well, maybe you can answer this question for yeah. us in your opinion, because we talked about this on, uh, when we were on your podcast, uh, I have a theory that I think that Jurassic Park is a better movie than Jaws. And I love Jaws. And I think Jaws is great. But if I was to, if I was to for only scares? be able to, yeah, like for probably. like, like on the, just like, just like, to, in total, in total, like if you could only pick one, I think I would pick, I, and I love Jaws, but I think I would pick Jurassic Park. I think the characters are phenomenal. I think it's an upgraded version of Jaws. I think he's doing the same thing, but, uh, but also with technology and. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I think the scares are better. There okay. are more of them in Jurassic Park and going to see that in the theaters when it came out, it's just a roller coaster ride. It's so yeah. fun to watch people screaming as it happens. But when, when you see it, I saw it three times that summer and the first time it was amazing. And then I would just go to listen to the audience and how oh, it was fun. affecting them and to hear everyone screaming when the, when the Raptor comes uh, through the shoot at everyone, it's so great. Um, but that said, I think Jaws is the better film in terms of like, that was back when Spielberg actually was trying to make f- real films in right. a way. And I think the characters in Jurassic Park, they're funny or whatever, but they're, they're, there's stuff in there that I was rolling my eyes at even then. Okay. That was very Spielbergian of like, hold on to your butts. I think I would take uh, Jurassic Park only because of the like science fiction element and the like, kind of fantasy like surrealness and look you know Scott I feel like movies where the kids just are, met you're being so familiar with me yeah I know a lot about you I, I subscribe <laughs> okay but oh, thank uh, you. I know you've watched a lot of movies on Scott hasn't seen where like kids are the protagonists in the movie yeah and I feel like something about the kids in Jurassic Park really bring me into it brought me into interesting it and that, it. that was when I was watching it something that I'm like oh these kids are fucking annoying the, right. I, I guess they're annoying but just the idea of being a kid in Jurassic Park was the thing that I was like, I can relate to this. Also, I think Spielberg is not trying to hide any of the things that like what uh, this is coming off of hook, by the way, which I think is uh, terrible, Mm. but his obviousness of like, you know, 
uh, he, pointing out every single like he's doing these zoom close ups to make when anytime anyone sees a dinosaur, you right. know, he's like he's just being a very obvious director. Whereas in Jaws, he's still in his Altman esque phase mm. where people are having overlapping dialogue. And like you say, the characters are so rich. Right. You wouldn't see those scenes. Well, I think that like those movies that he's made afterwards, like there are. Like, yes. Getting back to those like once he did Schindler's List, he was suddenly like. You watch The Lost World and it's like a total shot totally differently than Jurassic yeah. Park. Because suddenly he's like, oh, yeah, movies can look good well, <laughs> instead of funny. obvious. Like when Peter eventually saw Jaws, he said his prediction for Spielberg's career was that he was going to be known as, quote, the greatest second unit director in America. <laughs> wow. Interesting. That was his slam. Interesting. Also, Interesting. Spielberg on the set, fun fact of Jaws. My favorite fun fact is when he was making it, the crew thought he was such a lame, like, Hollywood type and the number one thing they would make fun of for him for is he had zippers all over his pants ah. and they just thought he had way too many zippers like Eddie like, Van Halen yeah yeah <laughs> wow interesting well I, I you know and this is the, the last time I saw Jaws on my birthday with uh, Paul F and, and my wife and his wife and Lauren Lapkus and her husband, like Paul was texting us this kind of trivia the entire movie because we were all in separate cars because yeah. of COVID. And it's stuff like, oh, yeah, well, the uh, the the person who is really upset at the mayor, you know, was a local hire, you know, who just was so good. I love that they, that. You know, and so I, I, you know, I think Jaws is just a deeper. I was to me. over at. Uh, Slideshow Collectibles, uh, which is an amazing, like they make these amazing statues, like pop culture statues, comic book characters. And I was um, there and, and I was just talking, we were just having this large conversation about people who have these collections. Like, what do you do with these collections? He's like, you know that the biggest Jaws collector is here in California. He's like only like a town over. And he goes, you want to go over to his house one time? I can help you like get over there. And I was like, he built a museum. He has the largest collection of Jaws memorabilia in his house and has made a full Jaws. Wow. Like, and, and he showed me some video from it. It is amazing. But that like Jaws is like, I don't think of Paul F as a person to get obsessed with the movie, but like it, it well, does. He, de- he has, he had a suit made uh, that matches the mayor's suit with the um, anchors on it. There is something interesting so, about that movie that it yeah. kind of captured people's imaginations in a different way. Yeah. Yes. Well, Sean, yes. I got to hear your second pick now because you've really wowed me with the Star Wars one. Okay. My second pick is one we covered on the show on, I mean, that you've covered on Scott Hasn't Seen. <laughs> and your yes, manager. And my manager, Sprague, covered. And it's the documentary Paris is Burning. Burning, a documentary from 1990 that has shaped culture in such a gigantic way. Uh, Jenny Livingston went into the clubs of New York City. She videotaped the ball culture, the party culture, the people making the nightlife what it was uh, and just setting the tone, capturing a story about, you know, life, party, glamour, dressing up, being whoever you want to be and reinvention. This documentary is a landmark for a reason. Oh, wow. I've never seen that. Now, I would recommend watching it. Okay. Um, It was interesting because I recently had become a fan of Drag Race. Mm -hmm. Uh, Watching a ton of Drag Race now, and I really, really like it. I'm like, it's just the... It's every week I'm learning something new. Like it yeah. just feels like the type of reality show that I'm like, okay, I, it's not the thing that I like know anything about. So every bit of it is just really fun for me. And yeah, we watching Paris is burning. Like 
I felt like I was getting an absolute education. Like it's not only like a movie that shows you this like community in New York, this this ballroom community, but it's teaching you so many things. You're learning where all these like cultural things like. Well, I, the, yeah, yeah, when we watched it, uh, uh, your manager and yeah. I watched it, I was surprised that. The slang terms that I thought were were invented in the last few years all right, came from all that. came from this, and it, it's in the late eighties. And, and, and it was so interesting. And it's one of those things too, where I, I don't know. I've I've had a lot of friends like in the last five, ten years that have mentioned it as favorite movies or mm -hmm. movies that they love. And so getting to watch that, I was just like, I can't believe, first of all, I can't believe I'm watching Drag Race and not have seen this. Right. Because now when I watch Drag Race, I understand so much more. Like all the yeah, things all I the attributed context. to like RuPaul, I was like, actually RuPaul just kind of took a lot of this culture yeah, from, yeah. from Drag Race. There's also this show on HBO called Legendary that's a, a little bit more of a straightforward ballroom show. And I'm watching that now and I'm like, it's pretty fucking fantastic. Like I, it was one that it's maybe not like one that I think everyone it's not in like the cultural zeitgeist is like other movies, you know, yeah. but it was one that I remember feeling like I should have seen this earlier, you know, and having lived in New York, especially I watched so many movies in New York that were like, okay, I got to watch this movie now that I live in New York. I want to see what it's like. Right, like right. I remember I went back and watched kids because I was like, that movie felt like New York to me. And now I'm in New York and I watch kids and I'm like, it is New York. Right. And, and um, that was one that, and I also watched uh, this HBO series a long time ago called uh, America Fremont. Undercover. No, no, not yeah. Fremont. It was called America Undercover, and it was called Hookers on the Point. Oh, I remember this. And it was yeah. a documentary that followed these prostitutes in Hunts Point in the Bronx, and they must have visited them over like a 15-year period. Oh, they would go back and visit them and see what happened. And I was just so enamored by New York at that time and just this – this culture and this uh, this culture and then this subculture of like, you know, uh, sex workers in New York. So to see another sort of side of that, I was so excited to watch it. And it, it was great. Wow. I and it. I mean, thinking about the idea of like a 15 year check in, what always makes me sad about Paris is Burning is that pretty much none of the main characters yeah, there's only three who are still after. with us. Yeah, yeah. It, it's and we wanted it to be like you know Michael Apted Seven Up or whatever. It's like, yeah. hey, we just check in with these people yeah. every few years. It's, but unfortunately, it's, it's a tragic a moment. In yeah. a way, it's a tragic documentary, but the way that it's handled and the way you see them like finding community and feeling like. It, it's a weird, it, it's both tragic, but also really hopeful because you're like, wow, what tragic circumstances, but wow, they found this like small, like bubble of hope and, and love and, and happiness that they got to live in. So it's really fun. And then to see like the people who did survive kind of went on to like influence culture for the rest of their lives. It just, it, it was a really interesting watch. And Not that like side on the argument that Madonna stole voguing or that talked, Madonna we shined a about flashlight this. on voguing. I think... What what I I think that uh, no one seems to no one seems I mean or or in in our research it, yeah it, a lot of people don't think that she really stole it or appropriated it I think they were they were happy that people were talking about it and I think she employed so many people on her tour that were doing it not the choreographer from Paris is right, Burning we not, read but yeah. 
but that I think she gets a pass on it uh, from us uh, because I, I I don't know that we ever it, it would be on the list for us of Scott totally. hasn't seen without Madonna having you know made int- voguing made the voguing, big thing yeah, exactly. and I also think like I don't know like coming from Jamaican culture in general like I said reggae music is just appropriated everywhere right and I appreciate time like one of my favorite bands growing up was 311 and they're not <laughs> a great band true Jamaican reggae. yes yeah. but but like the times when <laughs> the they would shit. like fuck around with some reggae I'd kind of be like this is cool like I don't know I, I kind right. of appreciated it there so there was a moment where I was listening to that song and I thought I think amber is the color of my energy and it hit me in a <laughs> deep way it's holy a, shit it's an, it's an interesting thing like this idea of like appropriating something because I also believe and look there's different levels of all of, of course this, of course but when it comes from an artistic side like we all are influenced by things, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you, we, we were talking about this on the show a lot, like the idea that, you know, the 70s filmmakers had an aesthetic that like a lot of 90s independent, like like I grew up watching these yes. 70s movies and I'm making my version of it. Like, and no one always, no one, you might say, oh, that, that shot is stolen from this or that, right, you know, yeah. is from that uh, Japanese film or like, but it's like, it's an interesting thing because art is, and meant and to fluid. be, yeah. yeah I mean, people meant to be and influencing you. And you I want to create. And that you think shot. about like the Rolling Stones. Like they obviously were appropriating a lot of sort of black music yeah. at the time. But then when you go back and look at what was happening, it was like they put these guys in their concerts. Like right. they broke. Yeah. I, is it James Brown that they ended up breaking? Like they, they, there, uh, someone opened for them that well, ended up. Who was? I mean, uh, Keith ended up doing like the Chuck Berry documentary. Yeah. And, you know, as a tribute to him, and then I think hates him <laughs> from it or oh, wow. something. Or it seems like he does. I, but, well, but, but yeah, I, I know what you mean. Like he, they would, uh, they would try in to, interviews. They would be like, "These are our influences," and there's a way to be like, "All right, is it appropriation? Is it just?" And look, look. You, I mean, Kurt Cobain would try to do that with punk bands or whatever, and yeah. be like, "No, hey, you got to go check out these people." Arguably, even Al Jolson was trying to do that, even though he's mm-hmm. become like synonymous with like blackface. Like yeah. he was really actually trying to get people to go look at music scenes because the music right. scene was so. Uh, I think that like time. whenever someone does something interesting. You get inspired by it, like whether that's in comedy or totally. you could you could see that even the, the way that stand up has changed over the course of year, you know the years and it's or like, podcasts. Yes, look, some yeah. podcasts <laughs> they form after <laughs> other podcasts <laughs> form about watching movies and you know. And you should sue those podcasts, should you? <laughs> well, look I again. Mean, that's a question for the lawyers. Now, the, <laughs> but no, I, I, I'm always kind of curious about that idea. Like I like I understand like culturally taking something away, but artistic, it's like, this is the pot. Like once it's out there and it's there, it's not hidden. Yeah. Like, and like anyone could have taken Vogue. You want Vogue people in. to be right? influenced It's, it's, by it's it. a yeah, big yeah, documentary yeah. that people have, like, you know, it's like, there is a thing where it's like, well, once somebody is, you know, it's unless you're taking it from somebody like uh, like Bradley Cooper in that movie where he finds the novel yeah. and then publishes it and wins the Pulitzer and then the author comes. I don't know what this and, movie is. Uh, <laughs> this is a Scott Essence scene. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Um, well, yeah, what about you, Scott? What is your... Okay, uh, well, yeah. my, my second one is one I just watched last week. Okay. So I wanted to do something relatively recently, but uh, mine is The Last Picture Show. Oh. Uh, this is... I'm in the same boat. I, I recently saw this. The year is 1971. It's a coming-of-age drama directed and co-written by Peter Bogdanovich, adapted from the semi-autobiographical 1966 novel The Last Picture Show by Larry McMurtry. It is The Last Picture Show. 
starring Timothy Bottoms, Jeff Bridges, Ellen Bernstein, Ben Johnson, Cloris Leachman, and, of course, Sybil Shepard. It's set in a small town in northern Texas from November 1951 to October 1952. It's a story of two high school seniors and longtime friends, Sonny Crawford and Dwayne Jackson. And again, we did a full episode on this, so if you get excited about this, go back and check that one out as well. My first experience with Bogdanovich is um, in January of uh, this year, uh, a few weeks before his death, he collaborated with Kim Basinger to create uh, LT Project 2 Flux, uh, a first of its kind short film made available on the Ethereum blockchain as an NFT. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, this guy's pretty good. Let me go back and. Well, for me, my first uh, my first interaction with him uh, came at a tough point in my life and I was I had to go to therapy and he was my therapist you know oh, and, yeah, yeah, we really talked okay. to him wow. and got, I get through my family issues TV and stuff like that yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um no I I have I think it's the only Bogdanovich thing I've ever actually seen. I mainly know him as a guy you see on uh, special features of DVDs, wearing, <laughs> wearing a scarf and constantly bringing up Orson Welles. An ascot, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, so I had always been like, uh, last picture show, I know I got to watch it. I know I got to watch it. Um, and it was on the Criterion channel and it was leaving. And I was like at home and I think I watched The Searchers that day which we talked about on Scott Hasn't Seen and I was like okay let me watch an, uh, let me do yeah. my homework let me watch another one that's probably not going to be enjoyable that I'm going to I knew it was in black and white and yeah. I love black and white movies but just there was sometimes something about movies, it that, like, that, that made me never want to like I don't yeah. like, I have no desire to see this feels like sometimes these things feel like and, a chore yeah. to you of like I'm not going to enjoy this for whatever reason and it's so good and um so rich and deep and, uh, uh, you know, and I, I, I don't even think I do as a Larry McMurtry novel and I like his stuff. So but don't you feel like it also has like a lot of DNA of like every high school movie? Like yeah. it has, like, it mm-hmm. feels like there's elements of Dazed and Confused in there. It feels like yeah. you know, this movie, Proto like kind 80s of a, sex comedy yeah. touches of Porky, like the beginnings of seeing like it, Porky. Yeah. There's such I a, th- I like what you're saying about Dazed and Confused. Cause it, there is a melancholy to these characters of like, the, it, it, it hangs with them for a long period of time, unlike Days and Confused, right. but you can tell they're at the precipice of like change. Right. You know what I mean? And that's that's what is they have in common of like, oh, wow, we're getting out of high school and now everything is going to be changed, not even in our relationships, but even in the world. And, yeah. you know, it's really it's really interesting. I mean, I, I just was really blown away by it. And then the the cinematography is incredible. And and Sim, uh, Sybil Shepard is. Oh, my God. Amazing in that. Movie. So good, and I finally understood like moonlighting a little bit because I I grew up like loving that show moonlighting with yeah. Bruce Willis and Sybil Shepherd, and it's like I didn't understand that she was like a giant movie star, like a yeah. starlet, like like it was it was like oh she's just you know. It like, but it makes that show even a little bit different too, because it's like she's like a fallen starlet, and you know, and yeah, in I mean, the, it's it's literally at this point, what, fifteen years later or something, yeah. in moonlighting, and but she, this made her a huge, huge movie star. She was just a model before this. Um, and something about Peter, I mean, yes, Peter Bogdanovich wanted to have sex with her and uh, ended up being married yeah, to her yeah. or whatever and in a relationship with her, but she's so good in it. And he was just like, I believe she can do this. <laughs> and she was really right. It's, she's great at it. It's a great movie. Yeah, I, Everyone's I, awesome. Jeff Bridges, um, the rest. I would argue, like, I, I have, I have the, with the rule of twos. <laughs> I, I have, uh, I had the same fear, not fear, but I had the same issue with Bogdanovich. Sometimes I just feel like, I'm like, okay, like, I, like, 
the word stale or like, oh, I'm not going to like this because he sometimes felt stuffy to me. But mm-hmm. then I, after watching uh, that, I saw What's Up Doc. And I was that's like, an, so now I want to see. So good. And what's so up, Doc? funny and big. And Paper Moon, Paper everyone Moon, talks about it. I everyone, still have never seen that. Neither so. have I. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's a movie that I feel like it's like he may. I think the reason why he's on all these special features DVDs and all is because he is made like. Like he made these amazing movies that were, and you can look at his career and go like, oh wow, he only really did three, yeah, that are classics or whatever. But he talks about this in something that I just, I think it was the the last picture show extras. He says that Orson Welles was talking to him about this, and they were talking about a different director. And Bogdanovich was like, I mean, isn't it a shame, though, that really this he only made like this one good movie, and then everything else is kind of a miss? And Orson Welles just looks at him and goes. Well, you only need one. <laughs> and, and I was like, yeah, really? I mean, you're lucky if you come out with one classic film. Yeah. And he made like these three in a row yeah. and then a bunch of misses. But, yeah. I mean, and then an the NFT fight. influence, I want to think. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, that's the other thing. I, I kept hearing that podcast about her <laughs> in, yeah. our, in our kitchen for months at a time. And so I was like, is this going to be like homework? But it was really enjoyable. It's I so really funny liked. because a lot of these movies you end up missing that are really good. You're like, damn, this is going to feel like homework. It's so good. I've got to like engross myself in this Yeah, thing. I can't be on my phone. I, I can't. can't yeah. be. And then when and you watch it, you're like, you damn, I should just yeah. fucking watch yeah, this. Exactly. Yeah. But it is. It's like you you reject certain things because they are – they, you make an assumption about it. Like, for me, I have not seen Paris is Burning. And mm. the fact that you just told me it took place in New York blew my mind. I thought it was a French film. No. And ah. I didn't know it was a documentary. And you thought it was Burning. So, yeah, man, I thought it was. <laughs> hey, <laughs> there are no fires in that movie. <laughs> uh, but like, not a World War II but, 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 you know, it's like you make an assumption. I've heard. I'm like, oh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know. I had no idea what it's even really about. But totally. I'm, like, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll get to it. It's, it's yeah. you know, I'll watch the, uh, I'll watch something on a documentary on Netflix. I'm sure it'll be totally. about somebody murdering their, their whatever, you know, yeah. the next door neighbor. Mm-hmm. But it's, yeah, I think it's interesting that most of these things are good. Like, yeah. they are legitimately they, good. They have the reputation they have for a reason. Yeah, it's yeah. like, And totally. there are things, like we talked about the searchers on our show, yeah. that, that have a great reputation that you're like, well, this doesn't. Yeah. And I think if those you come movies to it too late. are movies that also are iconic for a shot. Like the searchers mm-hmm. is beautiful. Like there are beautiful vistas. Right, I think, right, and, and right. Or it's, oh, or it's good for the time of like, Oh, this is deconstructing Westerns right. in a way. But now we're like, look, unforgiven exists. Yeah, so we don't need right. to watch right. this. Yeah, we don't need to see I mean, we thing. were talking about Kramer versus Kramer versus uh marriage story yeah, <laughs> two yeah, versus, yeah. and Kramer versus Kramer kind of sucks. But you, now in retrospect, but because it's just like, come on, dude, you love it's your like son. Good, it's like, good because they're a great performance. They're great performances. But the movie is like, Oh, Right. I've seen better good. versions of this story. But at the time, and this is what happens when you miss a movie, at the time, it's like no one had ever talked about gender stereotypes that way. Right. Like, what are what's a husband's role supposed to be with kids? So at the time, it's mind-blowing to people, but now in retrospect, we missed out. But th- right. I think these two are movies uh, that I picked, Jaws and Last Picture Show, that you can come to watch them right now and they're still vital. Yeah. That's funny. It's, it feels like almost the most perilous thing a movie can do is be socially relevant right in the year that it came out. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, yeah. like, guess who's coming to dinner or something. Right, then right. You do the brave thing and then you're immediately dated. But you need right. but you need those things, I think, for culture to move forward in a certain way. Like, I, I was like, like, Will and Grace to me, and I could be totally wrong on this, but I, I believe, like, introduce gay people to the general public of America. Like, Absolutely. They're safe. These are, right, get, right, like, right. you know, it's not, you can and like And also stuff like Queer Eye with a Straight Guy yes. and stuff like that, where, where I think... 
shows like that moved people's perception of like, hey, should gay people be married? Should they right. be left alone? <laughs> like suddenly everyone's like, yeah, what are you talking about? Whereas, you know, in 19, in 2008, yeah. even Obama had to be like, yeah. no, I don't think they should get married. Well, and, that, yeah. and that's the thing is like, we've moved so quickly as a culture, but you do need these like on ramps uh, yeah. for people to feel like, okay, all right. Like I'm comfortable. Yeah. And, but yes. And then those are the things that get dated, which is uh, unfortunate because they were made with the best intention. The best, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, they're like, Hey, we're going to do something bold here. Like when we watch guests who come to dinner, it's like, you see what they're trying to do and it's really good. And the acting is great, but it's also like, Oh, well, we don't need to watch. Like, yeah. This like, feel, like, like it's, this it's, yeah, it's 2022 like, at this point. We don't need to watch this. <laughs> like my friend Matt Brennan at the LA times did this really good big cover story on Ellen DeGeneres when her show closed. Yes. I was going to say the point of the spear. Yeah. And then be like, I, I stabbed my spear in the ground. We made all this progress and I didn't move my spear. Now I'm way behind. Yeah. Mm. As the culture just moved past. Interesting. Yeah, I was thinking about the, like, Ellen, the character we already knew as maybe straight coming out in the show was, like, the big, it was huge. huge. And now it's just like, well, that show is not, no yeah, one right. thinks about that show yeah. as having moved the needle, yeah. really. You know? But it's, like, all these, like, little things. But yeah. this is actually great. I'm actually also inspired by the thought that you could watch something with such a cultural uh, fan base like Star Wars and still find a joy and get into it and read the comic books. Absolutely. And, go in, and you see, that's something that I've, I've never really seen because I, I think people really are just turned off to also the fandom of it. Like the mm. fandom can, as points, be like super ugly about yeah. something And like, like you're that. saying, gatekeeping it. And yeah, saying, like, totally. Hey, you yeah. gotta watch this the right way. And but, when, you know, you make up your own conclusions. Like I love The Last Jedi for what it says and that spits in the face of a lot of the fans yeah. that are like, no, it can't be that, but I don't know. I But like, it can't be it. that because it's like, it's also like, it, like what I love about Last Jedi is it's, Ryan Johnson made no choice that wasn't backed in the something that he it. saw. Yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah. it's like, but you didn't see the same thing I saw, or you saw it differently than I saw. It's like, well, but it's still, you know, it's a I think yeah. the space casino is kind of goofy. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, Scott hasn't seen on Comedy Bang Bang World, uh, where, where you are challenging yourself to, to check into uh, yeah. some great. Some not so great. On our episode uh, that you guys were uh, just on, we watched Romeo and Michelle's yes. high school reunion, and uh, you'll be surprised to hear what we thought about oh, it. Oh, yes. Or not. I'm not yes, sure. <laughs> Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Sean. Uh, you can continue listening to their episodes of Scott Hasn't Seen every single week on Comedy Bang Bang World. It's an amazing resource for all things Comedy Bang Bang. Their show and many others live there from the top comedians out there. You pay a small subscription fee and you get access to it all. Uh, I can't wait for you to hear the episode of Amy and I talking about Romy Michelle's High School Reunion. I know we talked about it a little bit in the beginning. Um, that movie is great and we had such a fun time going on their show to do that and uh, so much fun that we actually ran out of time to get all of the films they wanted to recommend on our show. But you know what? These were great picks. And uh, again, I gotta say, Crossover Summer is going great. Shall we do another? Who shall it be? Maybe, maybe our friends at Blank Check. That would be great. I would love to do a crossover with Blank Check. Um, all right, we'll see you next week for our regularly scheduled episodes. Back to 
the world of villains on Unspooled. Check us all out there. And a big thank you to our producers, Josh Richmond and Devin Bryant, and our editor, Ryan, and of course, our MVP, our other super producer, Molly Reynolds. Of course, everyone who made this crossover happen over at Comedy Bang Bang World. And I'm also talking about our amazing staff here at Earwolf that puts on this show every single week. You can check out Unspooled merchandise at the TeePublic store. Just go to TeePublic.com slash Unspooled. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30.